Welcome to the Full Capacity Living Podcast. This is a new endeavor for me, so if you like what you hear, please share, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps to spread the word. By way of background, my name is Karen Bush, and I'm a functional medicine and integrative medicine health coach. Trained at Duke University's Integrative Medicine Department and formerly working at the Center for Functional Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, where I felt like I earned another master's degree. I did receive my board certification in health coaching back in 2017 with the first cohort. So that is my background. And the mission of this podcast is really to empower you, the listener, to take charge of your own health and to shift the healthcare paradigm one conversation at a time. I am happy to welcome Jane Esselstyn this week to the podcast. The Esselstyn name in my part of the world, Cleveland, Ohio, and I think worldwide is pretty well known. Jane is the daughter of Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, well known for his work on prevention and reversal of heart disease with full plant-based eating. Jane, in her own right, has been extremely influential in helping those interested in shifting their diet to eating all whole food plant-based. She brings her perspective and passion as a woman, nurse, and mother to the plant-based way of life. Jane is an avid and inventive designer of plant-based recipes and the co-author of the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease Cookbook with her next door neighbor and mom, Anne. And she created the recipe section of Plant Strong and the Engine 2 Seven Day Rescue by her brother, Rip Esselstyn. Today, we talk about her journey into plant-based eating, her background, her family, their involvement, We will dig into one of the studies she was part of based on childhood obesity and whole food plant-based eating and the remarkable results. We talk about how to get started and simple ways to eat more plants and also a sneak peek into the new cookbook she and her mother just completed coming out in late 2021. If you think plant-based eating is boring, just check out her YouTube channel and that belief will go right out the window. So this was really a fun conversation. Jane's energy is contagious and fueled by plants. So take a listen and I'll see you on the other side. All righty, here we are. Jane Esselstyn, thank you for being here on the Full Capacity Living Podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel like you're an icon here. I mean, I, I know we're both in Cleveland, but... You are definitely an icon in the world of plant-based eating and just understanding how to do it in a simple way, which I think we're going to dig into in this podcast a lot. Where are you in Cleveland? What, what, where? I live in Menor. Nice. Yeah. We are just 20 minutes away. Yeah, I know. We could uh-huh. do, I mean, now we could probably do this like face-to-face, although... <laughs> Could have done like a live YouTube shoot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Would that be fun? And your YouTube channel is phenomenal. I mean, you've got like 98,000 people subscribed to it, watching it all the time. Yeah. I, thank you for the update. I didn't, I didn't know what number <laughs> we were on. Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, how funny. You know, it is, I, I never know what my mom's going to get up to. So it's a riot. <laughs> yeah. She's great. And maybe, maybe we can do another one with your mom um, on the podcast. Cause that would be fun. Um, so speaking of your mom, your parents, definitely the, the drivers of all of this. Tell me a little bit about how, how your family got into really understanding the plant-based um, way of living and how it shifted for you when you were younger. Where, where did it start? Well, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's kind of um, two different things were happening um, oddly at the same time. Um, my dad... Uh, as I'm sure anybody who knows his name, he was a doctor at the surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic for a million years. And um, he was a general surgeon, which is sort of, you know, thyroids and, and parathyroid to chest, nothing in the, you know, thorax, no, no lungs, no heart, but, you know, all the guts, all that stuff. So this yeah. is sort of domain. And he did a lot of work with breast cancer patients and really that's where his research around reversing heart disease came from the, re- the results he was getting in his cancer patients. And oh, he thought, wow, this is happening so, like within weeks and turning cancer around is a whole different, longer story. And he's like, I-, I think I will be 
in my grave by the time some of these people would get these results we're looking for, or I, he didn't really know sure. he was, it was research. So, um, he was doing all that was all happening in his mind, but before he sort of set it in stone and, you know, establish it, like we're, we have to eat this way. If we're going to ask patients to eat this way, like a very Gandhian approach, like I cannot ask others to do what I'm not doing myself Sure. Uh, before that all happened kind of, it's roughly the same zone. I was a teenager and my brothers and I were, are all um, swimmers and we all growing up were those, you know, national qualifying Olympic trials at age 14. Wow. I, I, I just, we all swam. We're all swimmers. It feels like lifetimes ago. So I'm comfortable saying like, we were badass swimmers, yeah. but there are plenty who were way more badass, better than we were. So <laughs> it's not, I'm not claiming Own it, Jane, own it. It's okay. No, I'm owning it, but just, I'm saying like there were, we, whatever up there. And I, um, I swam for the national champion team, which is named Mission Viejo Nadadores. And and 1981, I think I can't get it. I don't think so. But anyway, I was 15 and I just was out there and I never liked meat. I never, I mean, I would eat hamburger maybe, or I'd have some pieces of meat. I didn't like it. I don't know what was up with that. I just, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, like some kids, you know, just don't like dairy, even though like they probably would drink some or have some ice cream. They don't like it, but they would, you know, make their way into their, into their life. So I didn't like meat and the people I was living with, because you, us kids who came to train for the summer, there were lots of us from all over the world. And we were housed with different families. And I was housed with a family that would buy the, um, I think Laura Lynn is the California name for like Kirkland or, or you know, the, the generic. Right. They bought like Laura Lynn meat and like their hamburger meat was so fatty. It was orange. It wasn't, there was nothing that looked red marbled in with the, not, I can't, I'm just, it's gross to even talk about this, but it was so fatty. I didn't want to eat any of it. Didn't like it anyway. So they were like, Oh, well then you have to eat some beans then. And I thought, what are beans? Like I had never had black beans or refried beans at 15 years old. Like that's how Cleveland, Ohio, you know, like we, yes, garlic salt and pierogies around here. (laughs) That's the spiciest our world gets. Anyway, I, I, they, I got into, luckily I was in California. And so we got some interesting new eating habits or eating preferences because I was there when I was 15 and stopped eating meat. So I came home and I'm like, you guys, I'm, I'm vegetarian. And my mom's like, okay. Um, didn't really know what to do with all that. Mm-hmm. But right around that time also, I mean, within like a year or two is when my dad just sort of said, Here's what we're going to do with these patients. So it was interesting. I had, and I had zero influence on him. He, yeah. This was, I may as well have come home with a tattoo or something like <laughs> oh, our kids up to that. But so it was easy, easy for me to sort of get in line with my family's eating. Cause I wasn't eating meat anyway. Um, uh, I think I, anyway, so my, my parents then picked up the mantle of my dad's research and um, I remember actually I was in, I was a freshman in college at the time mm-hmm. I called home. My younger brother answered the phone and he was like, Oh, mommy and daddy are up to something kind of crazy here. Like we're not eating any, we don't eat any more meat or dairy or sugar or salt or fat. Like, <laughs> Wait, what does that even mean? Like, what do you guys eat then? He's like, well, we eat every, everything really, but just guess not meat, dairy and things don't like really taste that good. <laughs> like, oh no. Cause it was, this was, you know, in 1980, Free and there's no Whole Foods, there's no yeah. internet, there's no. Well, there's not no- in Cleveland for sure. I mean, that had to be a really challenging place to start that in the '80s and and really yeah. understand like how to how to cook okay. in a way that that gives it flavor, right? Oh yeah. So they were they were doing their darndest and um, and I was just up at college, kind of going, oh, okay, do I do this here? How, what I kind of already am, like, all right, see what happens, and. And it was fine. We just made our way, figured it out. My, my mom is so damn bold. And she is. She is. My dad just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And uh, yeah. great. Thanks. There's no, no, no complaints. Um, yeah. Well, that's an interesting convergence. I didn't really realize that you had kind of moved into that world earlier just because of your and, swimming and no, and placement. No, and, no, not for swimming, just because I didn't like meat. And my yeah. family that I lived with bought weird meat. 
according to me. Nothing to do with swimming. Nothing. Okay. No influence on my family. I don't want any credit. I don't want any twisted articles coming out that I. Oh, oh gosh, no. Yeah. It's just a weird um, conflagration. Of, weird, of, yeah, weird convergence. So, so kind of, and the other thing that I'm super excited about that I found out doing a little research about you is that you were also a rower. I know your dad was definitely, but. Yeah, you? so I swam for Michigan on scholarship for two years. And then, like I said, I made Olympic trials when I was 14. So I've been swimming at this level. That's amazing. For years and years and years. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm 20 years old. And I'm just so done being looking at the ceiling of a pool or the bottom of a pool okay. and, and I, I'm done. I'm done. And, and swimmers or any athlete, you know, sort of know it's time to move on. So I thought, well, I, and I just had gotten back from like NCAA. So I was in incredible shape, like just condition. And my friends of mine were rowing and I was like, oh, let me see what this is. And it was not the rowing season. So I got an erg and just like, you know, and the coach was like, um, let's get that thing in a boat. Let's get that yes. in a boat. And um, so it was a ton of fun. It's like, I don't know if you've ever rowed, but rowing is such, do you row? Oh, well, this is why I'm excited about it. I've been a rower for a very long time. I, I just rowed on the Cuyahoga River this morning. So what do you row? What's I your... row a single now, but I started out in bigger boats and competitively. And yeah, I love it. It's So there you go. There's, I mean, from being like a solo swimmer for my whole existence, yeah. you know, there's, to suddenly on the water and the air and the, the harm, like the boat just sings and that harmony. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh so do you like, row at all now? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, you got to get back to it, Jane. Come I down there with us. Who you met earlier. I think he would love it. Oh. Um, and so I was, I was horrible. I was horrible, you know, catching crabs and kind of figuring things out. But once I got, <laughs> and, and you, when you're thrown in, it's like learning to dance with these professionals or something like I was instead of being like, I just had to like pick up on the grace of it all. And, yeah. and, and I was in the dad veils, you know, I went to, you know, swimming here for Michigan. And then two months later I was rowing for Michigan. Oh gosh. That's great. So it was, no. it was, um, that, that rowing is just an amazing sport and, and I love it. So when I heard that you did that, I didn't realize that either. So I thought, well, this is something I have to bring up because I'm just, you know, rowing has been an obsession for me for a long time. But, you know, just just I, the, the idea of of, you know, taking care of your body and knowing that your body can work at a certain level um, and then the combination of kind of moving into that plant based foods, you know, tell me again, like, let's just kind of keep moving forward and talk to me about where it became more of a lifestyle as well as as something that just very passionately important in your life. Um, it, it, it was becoming a lifestyle sort of all along, um, I suppose, um, you know, starting from when I was in California for that summer to, um, you know, it, it makes you, if, if you feel good, you, you recover faster. I didn't realize I was recovering faster or well. And, you know, if occasionally I would celebrate someone's birthday and have just like a ton of, you know, regular cake or whatever, you just feel like, oh, you know, you peel your tongue off the roof of your mouth and they like, this is just like, all right, don't poison me with that again. And right. um, yeah, yeah. Your, your body's a fine tuned machine. You kind of know what, what doesn't work for you. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so the lifestyle of eating plants and, and early in the eighties, it was still, you know, they making all kinds of fat free dairy and Mm-hmm. And that was okay. It wasn't excellent. It didn't, I mean, we were really trying to figure it out for the heart disease patients, um, family wise, but myself, you know, as a kid or, you know, 20, 21 year old, 20 year old, you're not, not really in charge of cooking your own food or buying your own food, especially if you're in college and I mean, Michigan, we're living in dorms. Occasionally I was living in a house, but you know, you're up, you're out of the door, you, you go, you grab a bagel, you, yeah, you can eat. Okay. But you're not eating super well. So college years are a little bit, I mean, I remember one weekend buying a case of Snickers with my roommates and I don't drink. I was we weren't drunk and, and I don't think they were either, but <laughs> case, like a case, 48 Snickers. And we were like, Oh my God, we have to finish this in 24 hours. Let's go. Let's hit it hard. Let's get jamming. So we're like eating each ate about like two or three. And then we were just, were, 
and we oh, started at like 38 more Snickers we had to get through. So we we're kind of, we're walking down the street, you know, Michigan, Ann Arbor in the middle of the night, like handing out Snickers to people. Like, okay. We can get a few away. We had to eat more before we went to bed. And then we had to eat some in the morning and then we we're like, you know, just, it was so funny and gross. Oh, that's hysterical. You probably have a good recipe for a plant-based Snickers. Yeah, huh? I should make one in honor of that that yes. twenty hour period. Yes. We did it. We certainly cheated. We gave some away to people, but oh my god! <laughs> and my roommate was like, "I'm saving these wrappers for the rest of our life, so we can always remember that we did this." And oh my um, gosh, she hasn't day. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so and then after college, and my brothers were all eating this way too. And oddly, my one brother, um, Ted, who's between Rip and myself. Rip is my oldest brother, and then Ted, and then me, and then Seb. At Yale, he went to Yale and they had a f- awful food um, strike. Now, what's it called? This, the food staff struck with a big, big strike, big strike. So the cafeteria, okay. the food halls, everything was were closed. So he and all of his friends were having to like, I'll imagine all these students, thousands of students having to eat out of the Burger King, the McDonald's and this, that. So he got a toaster oven and he was making sweet potatoes and figuring out how to do like potatoes and rice out of his door. So he kind of had to figure out in a dorm room how to do this and, you know, minimal grocery shopping and, you know, buying apples here and there or bananas or getting some can of beans, like just, so we all had to figure it out and eating plants was just, it's cheaper, it's easier, it's less expensive, it's, it's, it's. Oh yeah, it's better all around, right? And 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 your parents had started to do that. Well, he he's younger than you, so he kind of had that. Oh, oh, he's older than you. Ted James, I'm young. I look like I'm Rip's mom. People think I'm Rip's no. mom. Yeah, because my hair's white, and I don't. And I I love the bright white. But um, he um, Ted's older, and he was he was having to figure it out. So we all were like, Oh wow, what are you doing? Well, we made some sweet potatoes, and we're like. That's an interesting dinner. He's like, it's actually really good. And now it's, you know, what we eat a ton of. Right, right. Anyway, right. So we all were figuring it out going forward. And so once you're out of college under life, it was a lot easier and harder. I mean, just, okay, I'm on my own. Ha, 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 ha. And then, oh, okay. This feels all right. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you started working as an RN. Um, was that, you know, and, and then kind of moved into, no. No. No, I wasn't an RN until I was 40. Oh, I went, I, really? I was 40, yeah. I, um, I, out of the gate, I worked as a teacher in, in environmental schools, which was awesome and so fun with a bunch of other young kiddos. And um, I started working at Outward Bound. I don't know if you know Outward Bound. It's like, yeah. you know, hiking in the woods and, you know, rope course and rock climbing and white water rafting, just, you know, all this adventure stuff. And um, cause we always have been drawn to the outdoors and done things like that, you know, hardcore trips. So that's where I met my husband. We were outward bound instructors together living in the woods for 15 days with 15, 15 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was pretty great. Anyway. So I'm talking about that. Oh, well, I talked about your So I was, you know, teaching and instructing trips and all this stuff. And I um, was teaching biology and sex ed at HB, which, you know, HB, um, mm-hmm. so I was okay. teaching there. And I loved it for a couple of years. And then I was like, I need to do more and need to figure out my own edge of adventure here with, uh, with life. And what's the next threshold. And cause my whole family comes from just these, like the Cleveland clinic was founded by um, my great grandfather and it was called the cryo my mom's name is crow um the last name is crow my daughter's name is crow but the crow cleveland clinic is what it was called and and like he was like we're gonna do specialized medicine and everyone was like specialized medicine what are you thinking we need to get out there and help all the masses and sure enough he's like i am really good with this this person's really good with pulmonology this person's really good with sutures this person's good in the ner like a emergency setting and it had come from all his work he did in uh, the Spanish-American War. They set up the first sort of triage uh, mm-hmm. sort of system, which became the core of what the Red Cross did. So he didn't start the Red Cross, but it was the kind of the seeds of the Red Cross came from what they did systematically in, um, I, don't, I, I can't say, the, I don't speak any French, but some towns in, in, in France. Sure. Um, and I'm... 
can't remember what it was, but like two years ago at the clinic, they had a people from that town came to the Cleveland clinic to celebrate what this triage, you know, what became the Red Cross um, became. And I, I went and to be part of the whole coming together of cultures. And I can't even remember the name. I'm embarrassed. Okay. Well, I mean, such a legacy in your family. So you kind of felt like, okay, where's my place? What so, and my, and so here's, and then my, my grandfather, um, that was my great grandfather. He did the first blood transfusion, oh my gosh. blood transfusion and invented, discovered whatever, um, educated himself about what shock was. So he could then teach what, so you don't invent or create shock. You just sort of understand shock because it can happen for this reason or that reason. And is it, I you know, bulimic shock, you know, all kinds of different kinds of shock. Right. And then, and, uh, and many, many other things, invented instruments, those clamps, you know, there's a cryo clamp. If we were having a, our baby for, um, certain. Like, uh, for certain, like clinking off of vessels, we had a baby and we're like, they said, Oh, it's a baby girl. And we're like, Oh, hooray. Like, what are you going to name her? Oh, cryo. And the whole room was like, like the clamp. <laughs> yes. Just like the clamp. He invented the clamp. Oh, that's great. And anyway, so it, it, grandfather you know, started specialized medicine and all these big things. Cause you know, hundred years ago, they didn't, or hundred and plus years ago, they didn't know this stuff. And then my grandfather, um, like Barney Kreil, he, um, he was really pushed the edge too. And he thought we have to do less and less surgery. Like we really need to be we can't do this radical mastectomy of taking the lymph nodes and the muscle and the breast tissue of a woman and she loses her arm and it just turns to this big swollen mass. We should just treat the breast cancer like, um, like a bad tooth, like take the mass out and see how the breast recovers. How does the woman recover? What, what's the, what is the uh, silicone of events from that? And so he was almost removed from the Royal college of surgeons being so radical, but now today we all do just yeah. that. Nope. You've got some radical people in your family that, you know, as time goes on, people realize that's not so radical, like as oh, your dad so, says. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, and then comes, my dad comes along with like, just eat plants and right. like, what? what you doctors and you're just, you're trying to do less and less and less and less and less. And so here I am in my twenties. I'm like, oh yeah, what's the next frontier? What, what's what? So I went to massage therapy school in Santa Fe, New Mexico for this glorious mystical year of massage oh, wow. and just figuring like the, like the anatomy, physiology, the body function, the lymphatic flow. It was the coolest thing. So I was massage therapist for a little while oh, cool. and other sort of body work stuff and really loved integrating that and the sense of like gravity in our bodies and it's a whole interesting other layer of, of living in a body. You yeah. know what I mean? Like not just the plumbing and the electricity and the, how it all works, but also the body and the, and trauma lives in the body and it just energy it, so much interesting, interesting stuff. So anyway, I would do massage and I would go to my outward bound in the summers. And that's where, again, I met my husband and so spinning out of all that, da, 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 we get married, we have kids and I'm still teaching sex ed, loving it, loving it, loving it, doing massage. Yeah. I actually got into, you think I'm crazy, basket weaving. I remember my baskets around. <laughs> you can see, see, see that? It's like, for example, that basket over there by the guitar. Oh my, yes, I do see it. I, I would make baskets out of anything. That was from a tree that fell in our backyard, but I would, you know, just make baskets wow. Come what may, and um, sorry, here's all that stuff. Well, it's all that plant-based eating gives you all that energy. So you're kind of thinking, oh, I, what what else could I do with my time and energy? Yeah, you know, so the, I kind of feel like I must be boring with this stuff. But no. anyway, we have kids, and we decided to move back to Cleveland because we were living up in um, Vermont, New Hampshire area, and you know, being around my parents, and especially my mom, with all her crazy energy, we just thought we we need, you know. It's wonderful. So we actually got a house next door to my parents. Oh, that's great. It was open and um, we've been here. And that's when I decided to go back to nursing school. Cause I, I'm teaching sex. I was great. And I, I, you know, I was in private school. So no one really questioned, but if I had an RN, there'd be so much more trust. So I kind of got into yeah. nursing school thinking like, all right, uh, maybe I'll work as an RN in, in some capacity, but also in my sex ed teaching, it'll, it'll be more trust around parents and my, just I'll learn more. It could be great. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then I went to nursing school at Kent state, which is great. Interesting program. 
I mean, just it's so interesting to get into the hospital and see the stuff and just see sick people. And all I want to do is be like, hey, eat plants. Because this is like, right. This is that yeah. so hard. That's got to be really hard to be. 2009. So this is, you know, years ago. And as soon as I graduated, my husband was like, oh my God, I am. He was the middle school director at, U- at US University School. Mm-hmm. Word of US, but yes, yes. All boys private school here in the Cleveland area. And he's like, um, we need something in the, and he knows about the middle school sex ed curriculum I've been teaching for years, for 20 years. And he's like, we think, I think we should implement something here at US because these boys need something. So I taught, came out with my RN and I was back in the te- teaching sex ed. And my brother Rip was like, hey, could you do the recipe section for um, my book, A Plant Strong? Because I did my first book with all my buddies and their friends and all the recipes we were doing. And it's great. So it's sort of like, Hey, you can do it with anything, but let's have this be the stuff that we eat as a family. Cause, um, you know, I, and Rip I, was a kind of a compliment or obviously like the food that we were eating and making. So I was like, yeah, Oh my gosh, absolutely. So I got out of my RN and out, out of the gate, I was <laughs> teaching and I was making this cookbook and there's no and, time to work as a nurse in the hospital. And I, well, I, what I loved most, if you haven't picked up on, is like I love the ER because of the crazy energy. I feel like it brought out some inner productive ADD. Like, what, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I applied to a couple, and I, even though I was forty and mm-hmm. life experience, I'm a new nurse, and they're like, I want a new nurse in the ER, or, or for whatever reason, I kind of fortunately didn't get hired, and then went on and I now have done five cookbooks and we have our YouTube channel and we present all over the world. And it's, and I did research. I did research. I did work with the clinic, which was really cool. That I definitely want to dig into. And and I can understand like, so I, I worked as a medical speech pathologist with adults for many years in the hospitals, but, but it was always, I mean, I've been predominantly plant-based for a very long time and it was really, really hard to work in the hospital systems even the Cleveland Clinic, right, where your your dad is, and that's his proponing, you know, his his idea around um, healthy living, and you don't see that with what they're feeding patients, and so it was really, really a a very strong disconnect for me, and I would imagine for you, oh, fortunately, as you said, yeah. fortunately, you didn't get that job as an RN because how would that have you would have wanted to like you know oh, have I would, that, I as not. I did. I would have lost my license because I would have violated the Nurse Practice Act and told people what to do without having sort of doctor's <laughs> orders or, or standing orders to do so. And so I think, you know, I'm like, Brian, it's actually quite protective that I don't work in a hot clinical setting because I would have lost my my license by now. I, I right, right. fear. Well, and and you know, that that was why I, I got out of being a speech pathologist. I mean, I did it for a very long time, but but I also just felt like there was just this uh, disconnect about what I authentically believed about how to live a healthy life. So, mm-hmm. and and your your work and Rip's work and your dad's work is very influential on a lot of what I've done in my life. But but five cookbooks, right? And you got a new one coming out. We're going to talk about that too. But but let's talk about like getting into creating recipes and helping people understand how to actually live a plant-based, plant-forward life where I think a lot of people just, you know, it's like deer in the headlights when people start to talk about how do I eat plant-based? How do I eat, you know, no meat? People have no idea how to do that. So so where do you start with people in terms of if you've got people that are reaching out to you that are brand new to this, where do you start? Um, people who are brand new, I just, you know, if you're brand new, you have to start where you are. Like, I, 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 I can't, I can't hold everyone's hand, especially virtually. Just like, mm-hmm. I, I always just let them know you probably eat more plants than you realize yeah. and, and saying, I can't, I can't do it. It's just, it's such a, it's fear. And it's, it's just, it, you have to hold, actually hold that. You actually are going to be loading very little onto your hard drive um, because it's, if anything, you're doing less than you used to do. So you're still going to buy your bananas and your apples and your fruit and your grapefruit or your strawberries or kiwi. People like different fruits, grapes, watermelon, whatever you like, melon, just get it, prepare it. Don't let it rot. Just, you know, cut it so that you're going to be able to grab the watermelon or the, the Make it strawberries, simple. strawberries are halved already. Just do that in the morning while you're watching the news or whatever. Um, and so, you know, have the fruit in your, in your life, have the veggies in your life, you know, keep them visible. Don't tuck everything away too much. I mean, keep it fresh, but 
you know, make it visible. So your eye catches it. Cause your eye actually likes colors and knows that colors are healthy. Like if you open your fridge and it was just like cooked pasta and white oatmeal and, and, you know, even just like maybe some sort of hummus or salsa with just, or just things you couldn't see color, your eye would not be excited. So it's a very exciting stuff. All the foundation of veggies and fruits and berries and greens have them there. And then um, I said, you probably already like oatmeal or if you have, don't like it, like try, try raw oats, like a, like it's Captain Crunch, just use it as a dry cereal. And if you don't like oats or anything like that, then you probably like some whole grain toast and just don't put butter on it. Put some jam or put even peanut butter on it just to get them out of the gate. And, and sorry, my dog is scratching at the door. Um, oh, that's okay. And, um, and you're, and you're good to go with a good breakfast and you probably already eat that unless you're in, into savory breakfast. And then we can talk about some savory oats and stuff. But that's hard for people to jump into. Oh, I know deep. your mom puts kale in her oats, which is, I think. a great not kale. No, not even kale. We put, we put like mushrooms, nutritional yeast, hot sauce, curry, um, masgram masala. I put pickled ginger. I mean, we have like the most insane savory oats in the morning and it's so good. That is fantastic. I mean, I just think that people need to reimagine what breakfast is. It doesn't have to be oh, oh, traditional world, things. A lot of the world eats like rice and noodles for breakfast yeah. and savory. This, this sweet, like happy birthday. It's morning. It's <laughs> too much to handle. It's and um, yeah. So, so you've um, never had your kale cake for breakfast. Oh, I, I, I could. I mean, my kale cake is actually healthier than most. I know it is. That is a fantastic cake. Oh, flour and kale with some maple syrup. Anyway, um, and then I just let people know, like, you probably do eat more plants than you realize. Um, so he, uh, sorry, the dog is now in the room with me. Um, That's right. So people, for lunch, you, you probably eat some sort of whole grain bread or you have um, like a, a great salad with some quinoa or some rice in it, or you can do that. And, or, or I actually only really like to have leftover dinner for lunch, which is always going to be something that, you know, kind of based. So for dinners, what I really encourage people to, to realize is that you probably have had pasta with red sauce. Just don't put the meatballs in, or if you're going to have, want something in your sauce, discover tempeh, crumble up in there. It'll feel, it'll chew just like meat or veggies or whatever. Um, and you probably you have eaten rice, just make it be brown rice and eat what most of the world eats. Just put black beans on it. You probably had a chipotle burrito, but you're not going to have it with meat. You're going to have it with, you know, black beans and tons of beautiful salsas and corn salsa and mango salsa and or pineapple salsa or peach salsa or tomato salsa, green salsa, hot, medium, what put on whatever you want, put on some wok. Like there's so much good food out there that you actually probably are eating and you don't realize it's plant-based or you just take off one thing and it's, it's plant-based. So exactly. I mean, that's, that's a simple way of thinking about it. Chili without meat chunks, just have it with tons of different vegetables and it has the same flavor. Soups are pretty much plant-based and I mean, they're easily can be made plant-based and anyway, um, starting, I'm like, you're already kind of there. Right. All right. I think I think you're right. I mean, most people don't realize how close they actually are to eating plant-based foods and, you know, shifting just a few little things at a time, which is I think an important place like you said. Meet people where they are. Help them get where they want to go, but meet them where they are and and having those smaller expectations. Yeah, but this, you know, as I think you've said plant strong not plant perfect. Um well plant perfect is a different in our in our lexicon, plant perfect is my parent is my father's program for heart disease patients, which they really have to adhere to. And we've done a couple of books with about with those guidelines. Sure. You know, they all all our books have the same guidelines: no meat, no dairy, no added oil, minimal salt, minimal sweet. In addition to that, or to, to clarify with that, plant perfect, we mean like no avocado, no coconut, no um, no um, just intense nut buttery type type things because the people with heart disease they really have to work on clearing out that plaque right that ice it's a slippery slope it's kind of dangerous but with rip and his you know when he got going on this you know he was this young firefighter guy and we really wanted to make sure that people would be able to stick to it adhere to it so having some avocado some guacamole okay no coconut um but um 
some walnuts or some nut-based sauces make a world of difference for people who are trying to adhere to this and have that same sense of like flavor and mouthfeel that they got previously. So um, a couple of our books are Plant Strong, Mm-hmm. allows for some avocado and some nuts and plant perfect is no avocado nuts. So that's what we mean, but we don't want, we don't want to be, we don't want perfect to be the enemy, enemy of, of, of progress or, or, or yes. dating. So um, anyway, I want to clarify. Well, I, I think that's a great distinction to make, especially um, knowing that, you know, the work with plant perfect is around pretty significant heart disease and if oh, yeah. you have heart disease, that's that's really the way to move away from it. And if you don't, the way to stay healthy, plant strong um, from what you're talking about that perspective, which is an important distinction for sure. So so kind of thinking about, um, tell me your thoughts around all of the, the nomenclature with plant-based eating, whether it's vegan, vegetarian, uh, plant-based, plant strong, I'm adding a couple of those things in there when people come and and maybe ask you questions about being vegan. Um, If people ask if we're vegan, I I might, well, we're, we're plant-based and, you know, what, well, vegan, just to be fair to what it really means is like a vegetarian is someone who doesn't eat, I think, legged animals. And sometimes they don't eat fish, but but they're not always clear about that. There's this pescatarian thing, which they eat fish, but so vegetarian, kind of is basically no meat, but, and it, yeah. should, be, it should be no fish, but whatever. Um, that's, I don't, I don't even really worry about vegetarian. All I see is cheese. So I just go. Ugh. Right. And then vegan is more of a, like a philosophy and lifestyle. Like they won't wear probably a leather belt or shoes that contain leather or, um, you know, things that have you know have put animals in harm's way or animals to be abused or used um so vegan i can't adhere to that because i think i'm wearing probably i have birkenstocks which are made with leather and people are going to get mad at me for that but i think i've had these for probably 15 years yeah before i was declaring i knowing anyway well there's there's just a i think some confusion around all of those terms i often have people ask me and then plant-based, I'm really upset about this. We are whole food plant-based because we prefer, prefer to have things in the most whole form possible. We're not eating oat groats. Don't get me wrong. We, you know, we process things by cooking them or swirling them sometimes, but we're not swirling, blurring, blurring, blending, says the cookbook author. I should know these verbs by now. <laughs> so whole food plant-based is our label, or um, but plant-based also, we would say that. The difficult thing that's happening is that plant-based is so trendy right now that people are like, oh yeah, I'm plant-based, but I eat some meat. And like, no, that's a regular American diet. Um, you can't co-op this name because it's going to trash it. So whole food plant-based means that's what we eat. And yeah. plant-based diet does not have a dead animal in it or a cow's udder or a goat's udder or no. Right, right, right. You're right. There's, there's even some weave issue. holes that have in our in our rice that have our moths that have flown into our cereal box, but we don't eat anything, you know, any living beings. Right, and I I do agree that that this the word plant based has been co opted in the last few years, um, and that's where confusion comes in because yeah. people think, okay, well, I'm I'm eating something that doesn't have any meat in it, but it actually could have meat in it, so. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's just, again, um, you got to just pay attention, be your own advocate, read, read labels, read, you know, everything that's, that's put in front of you. Um, so thanks for that distinction around that. Um, but let's go back, like you mentioned um, something about the, the research that you did, the study that you were part of, that was back in 2015, was that? Yeah, um, with with the Cleveland Clinic Department of Pediatrics, we did a great study um, with obese kids with high cholesterol. So obesity and hypocholesteremia, hypocholesterolemia were our, our things we were checking out. And we found a month of time where the kids didn't have a vacation or all this stuff. So it's like April to May, every other, every other month of the year, there's like Halloween or Thanksgiving or this holiday or that break or Valentine's Day. And we just said, okay, we're taking this time. No one could go to anything like a party or a wedding or what we're going to really just. That is hard. 
So half the kids were on a plant-based, whole food plant-based diet and half the kids were on the American Heart Association diet. Again, looking at those two markers. And at the end of a month, we met, okay, we met with them every weekend. So five weekends total, you know, week zero, one, two, three, four. Um, and at the end of a month, it was amazing. Everybody had changes and anyone who changes their diet will have a change in their body. You'll be changes you can measure. So right. at the end of the month, there were, oh, I wish I had my chart in front of me. I don't have it in front of me. Um, I'm going to try to remember it. And if you, if okay. you want to really check it out, it's the, it was published in the Journal of Pediatrics, February of 2015. If anybody- I will link it in the show notes. If, um, okay. Ooh, I wish I had it. I'm so sorry, but there, there were no, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to try to list them. I think I have them memorized. I may not. So don't hold me to it. Anybody. So right. different changes that happened with the American Heart Association diet at the end of a month, I believe where they had a decrease in their MPO, which is a myeloperoxidase and inflammation marker in their blood. They had a decrease in their waist circumference, arm circumference, and their BMI, I believe. Um, and there may be one more or one less or different CRP. Nope. But the net, but the whole food plant-based kiddos after one month, and I was their teacher in the kitchen and in the classroom, they had, a, they had a decrease in their MPO and their CRP. So both inflammation markers in their blood, they had a decrease in their LDL and total cholesterol decrease in their blood sugar. Um, I think blood pressure, arm circumference, BMI, and Oh my gosh, insulin, something else. But the, for what we were looking at there, the whole food plant-based diet had nine different markers that were changed and they affected both the high, high cholesterol numbers and the obesity levels. So the American Heart Association does not have, I mean, I hate to say it, but they've got like pork and beef on their site and their WHO has clearly stated like these are not the recommended daily amount is zero. Right. So if you look at who's paying the American Heart Association, it's just, it's sad. It's like, it's like, what the health, they kind of unearth all that. Sponsor. Right. right. It's, just, it's just such nonsense right. and nonsense doesn't make sense. Um, so we did that study and it was, it was so fun. I mean, the kids were riot. And this month. So what were the ages, age range of the kids? They were nine to 18. Nine to 18. So were they cooking some of their own meals or the education you were doing? Was that with families? Everybody Every child had to have an adult cohort. So we actually had two sets of data. So we have two cohorts going and um, the data in the pediatric studies, obviously just the kids. And uh, so the kids, each parent had to be compliant and supportive and help with all the meals and make lunches, all the things that our kids required to do. I mean, one mom had to make all these meals for her daughter going on a, a Girl Scout trip. And, you know, her, her daughter was excited to have her own food and it made her kind of feel special. Thank goodness. Instead of her being like, I don't want to stand out and be, I mean, she just felt, so you just, you didn't know what, we didn't know what was going to happen, but luckily it went well. And this one girl who was 18 uh, at the time, I mean, she's now, you know, 20 something, but she was actually a college student and she mm -hmm. was living in a special dorm or special housing because she had type two diabetes and she'd been trained how to deal with an alarm system and all this stuff in case she went hypo. It just, cause you know, her life is, she's been at age 18 trained to be scared for her life. Mm. Something happened and how to deal with having this not get scary. So she had all this stuff set up. She arrived on the third week and she was like, I am so mad. I am so pissed. I look great in my jeans. And I'm like, what? She's like, I am so mad. I am furious and I am loving these jeans. And I'm like, Sarah, what's going on? And she says, use my name. I am so proud of this. I am Good. 26, whatever she is now, not 26. She's probably 24. Um, yeah. And she was like, I almost died. And I'm like, what's going on? And all the kids, all the kids are like, why is she being so funny today? What's going on? She said, I almost died. Um, I uh, don't have diabetes anymore um, and I've lost a ton of weight and I look great in my jeans and I thought I was going to have diabetes for the rest of my life and I don't have it after two and a half weeks. I almost died because I was taking my medication, which was pushing me so hypo 
And I mean, she was just walking, strutting on the room, like an 18 wow. girl speaking this, like it was, you know, and again, the greatest character to have this happen to, because she was so, instead of just quietly, like not saying anything, she was just, let me just be all dramatic and prove how this happened and reenact it. So what happened is she got her, all her receptors just cleared off so quickly and she was absorbing all her insulin or so all of her insulin was docking as it should and dropping off all the glucose. So her medication was just sending her hypo because it was, you know, trying yeah, to get her to absorb too much. And she, I don't know, passed out or she, I, luckily she was okay. She was found. Okay. Hey, okay. whatever happened. Um, she didn't go into what exactly happened when she said she passed out. Um, and so she had to ratchet off her meds and they said, you actually don't have type 2 diabetes anymore. And she's like, hmm. So it was funny to be able to, to, be able to say to her, like, it's not, not a malignancy. This is just a condition you had at a very young age. And she was so supple and young and just, you know, plastic that she recovered so quickly. And she went on to work at a vegan restaurant and she would come to some of my events. And I'm like, you can meet Sarah. Oh, she'll be you up. She'll be on stage to talk to you. So she would meet people and she'd talk to them about her experience and, Anyway, well, that's fantastic. I mean, that's that's really what what people need to hear is is people who have changed a condition that somebody else told them was going to be a lifelong thing. Yeah, it was and, amazing. It was amazing. I'm so yeah. proud of her. I mean, what better example? What better um, way to help other people? Because she probably wasn't necessarily a believer in the beginning. She didn't really necessarily know about it, but but being part of that study incredibly changed her lives and probably the lives of other people that she's interacted with now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, anyway, so that was that study. And then our feedback was, Oh, it wasn't big enough. It wasn't long enough. So we did do a bigger, longer study. We'd had a hundred kids divided into three groups, the American okay. association, whole food, plant-based and a Mediterranean diet. And, okay. Um, at the end of a year, a year long, that's like one tenth of the life for these kids. Um, and so Anybody complying for a year with someone else's guidelines is tough. And, and any study about nutrition, any researcher will say, mm, people are not compliant and they don't tell the truth. So you're dealing with like this fuzzy wuzzy zone, but the biostatisticians still have the study and they still, sorry, they still have the, um, they're working on it or it's with a journal right now. I can't say anything about it because it's under, okay. under, under lock and key, but I can say eat more plants and you will be a healthier human being <laughs> Definitely. The board. Eat more plants. I mean that. Yeah. I'm ex I'll be excited when that study comes out too. Uh, I will um, too, because it was years ago. It's a, it's a shame how long it's taken. Well, true. I mean, and, and everybody wants to have replication, replication, which I understand from a research perspective, you have to have that. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's so many variables when you're doing a study on nutrition, like I'm short of locking everybody in a hotel room and watching what they eat for, you know, 24 seven over a year, hard to do. So bravo to you guys for, for really even attempting that because it's there, we need more plant-based studies out there, plant forward. Plant well, you know, like just, I know a part of me is like, part of me is like, you know, we know the results, so we can waste another million dollars on this or. And, but anyway, it's, yeah, I hear you. I yeah, hear you. There's, there's still always people kind of naysayers. So, so all your books, you've, you've been part of at least, you know, four books and now just hit send on your latest cookbook. Tell me about this. You saw that um, it was a beautiful, beautiful night. My daughter was outside in the driveway going, God, look at this light. And I, I was like, what do you, what can I was just in by a cave of having just, you know, uh, finished everything. And, and I was, and I thought, and you could see, I'm like, in my just hot day, tank top, sweaty and gross. And I said, oh, I'm so with you. Yes, this is beautiful. And she said, stay there. And I was like, I, I got to walk. So I'm just walking on the road and she got to take a picture. Anyway. Um, yes, we, um, we, yeah, plant strong, the engine to rescue, um, Prevent vs. Heart Disease Cookbook, the Engine 2 Cookbook are all things that we've done, all with a whole food plant-based bent, some with more of a plant perfect, some with a plant strong bent. And this last book I did, I just suddenly was like, you know what? Yes, my dad's got his guidelines for his patients and we totally support that. And yes, Rip's got this, this plant strong movement and 
I've kind of had, it was a firefighter voice, if you will, behind all the recipes. I was like, mm-hmm. my mom and I, we, we cook our own stuff and we have a blast. So this book, the working title is be a plant-based woman warrior, be strong, be fierce, be delicious. Oh, I love it. So, uh, yes, that is our, that's our jam. And we hope, I mean, we hope that's the title because a lot of the book is written around those, that verbiage and please don't hijack it anybody. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, no. We should edit that out, but I don't, anyway, anyway, so, uh, maybe not the, yeah. So the book is in, and it's just basically my, I'm telling the story of my mom who is just a energizer, bunny, healthy, active. She's called me twice already on my phone. I have my notes. <laughs> Um, what's going on? She's just, I'm waiting for her to just kind of walk in and, oh, and, and, knock happened, on the door and so many of my things. I'm like, okay, sorry, but my mom is approaching. Um, <laughs> and she'll be like, what are you doing? Like I am in a podcast and they always leave it in. Like my mom, wow. I'm so, okay. Hi. Ooh, <laughs> That's cute though. I love that you guys live next door to each other, but you, your energy is just amazing. And her energy is amazing as well. So I'm excited to see the cookbook because it's it's probably I mean you've you've done so many um, YouTube posts and videos about recipes and a lot of those are part of the book. None of them. Um, the oh, none our, of our, our, our our YouTube recipes are recipes that we can share that we just are spontaneously making ourselves and we want to share. Um, or the recipes from our books that we don't own, we don't own the copyright to our books, like it's owned by Penguin or, or Hachette. So we can say, hey, if you're following along on page 186, we're going to add the tamari now. We can't say how much we can't. So sometimes we can give the recipe if it's an unpublished recipe that we are sharing. And sometimes we can't share it legally because you want to have a good relationship with your publisher. So okay. we don't, I didn't realize that. but people say, Oh my gosh, I just bought the book. I love cooking along. And that's what we're aiming for because we can't just, if you give everything away, no one's going to publish anything because why do they spend money on supporting you when you're just giving it all away? Like they're, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. People get really mad at us on our YouTube. Sometimes they're like, why don't you publish? Like, could someone give you the list of this? Can someone show me? And I'm like, um, the cookbooks cost like eight or to take to ten dollars now on yeah it's all in the cookbook and that's good to know though i'll you know and and you know in in any of these podcasts that i do i usually do uh, pretty extensive show notes so i'm gonna post links to those all those cookbooks and um your instagram and youtube accounts so so people can follow along and then know I, I should probably get this cookbook because, and there's so many amazing recipes. I, I don't know. So we, so our, our YouTube, we've got, you know, we still have hundreds to go if you get through our books. Um, and in the meantime, you know, as anybody who's food, you're always making your own recipe. Even those of you who don't think you're making a recipe, you are, you're making your own stuff all the time. All the time. Yeah. Well, and I think what I like too about your stuff is that it is, is is pretty simple. It's not like you've got this, you know, intensive list of ingredients and steps and that kind of thing. You know, they're they're very accessible recipes that people can do. All I just over watched my daughter run across the yard because my oven just our oven broke the the day before we finished doing the photo shoot for our last cook just last week. Our oven literally was like, "I'm done cooking for you. This is too many." And it, 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 so my, my daughter just ran across the yard with a pan like she's going to cook something next door and she just came back like eight minutes later so she just cooked something next door which was so well, that's funny it's it's lunch for you right um, uh, so you've got a couple of projects going too you've got um you know some some things that you're doing the camp i know that's kind of um pushed off a little bit because of covid but it's um, well now well now uh, well, now, what well, hell now? We love the name of <laughs> camp for camp for plant-based women warriors. It is so fun. And it's at the Kenyan college campus, which is just near us, you know, two hours South. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to happen in 2022. Yes. We'll get that going in 2022. Um, this summer, they weren't booking anything, any external programs on campus. So it just didn't. And I, yeah. Um, and we also have every March, I host a conference for women. Um, and it's always, you know, prevent and reverse heart disease and some other comorbidity for women. So we've done prevent and reverse heart disease and cancer for women, prevent and reverse heart disease and autoimmune diseases for women, heart disease and Alzheimer's disease for women. And this year it was, I asked um, Robin Shutkin, actually, here's my list of all these books and research I'm always referring to, but 
Robin Schutz, who wrote um, a bunch of books, but The Microbiome Solution yep. is and gutless. Astounding. And gutless is great. And she's doing one about COVID and immunity um, coming out in January. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, great. I, you know, she's again, oh. I think one of the first people that I connected with around the gut microbiome because she was doing it for, you know, well before a lot of other people were doing it. Amazing stuff. So um, she asked like, Robin, what should I call the conference? I've always had this wobbly, like our brand, if you will, is prevent and reverse heart disease. She's like, oh, and how to empower your immune system. And I was like, okay, this is the longest title ever. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful, um, for, for women, uh, yeah. wonderful event in March. So fun. And we did it virtually, which, you know, worked out really great because we had people cooking along with us versus us doing just like, here's our demo. Um, right. said, Hey, here are the recipes we're going to make cook with us or, or just watch us and cook what you want and then replay it and cook yourself, whatever. And so people at the end had not just attended the conference, they had created a feast for themselves, which I love that that could be what you know, a big takeaway. Um, and Robin was a wonderful part of it. So anyway, every March I host a conference and women are the focus. Anybody can attend because right. who knows if I said, this is a conference about preventive heart disease and blah, blah, blah. For men, the same people would attend. It would be all women and some men, some beautiful, strong men. Um, yes. attendance because that just tends to be who is more open-minded around health and changing. I think, yeah, I think women are the drivers. They bring the men along most of the time. I certainly know that there are some men that are definitely, um, you know, proactive on their own, but usually it, it is women that bring them along because they, they, you know, just tend to be part of that a little bit more. So you're also, you also did something cooking with Chibo. Uh, yeah. For, um, it was interesting. Uh, GE is a huge company and they have all kinds of little um, branches of the different stuff or branches of their company. Like they've, they're a bank, they own a, they own a media company, they own this, they own that. So GE appliances actually was sold to another company, Hire, H-A-I-E-R or something, or it's a, it's a Chinese company, but they now do all kinds of just what, um, like, like, a, like a think tanky kind of what's next, what's next, what's next. So two years ago or, or before COVID, they're like, man, we want to do not just a cooking show, but like an interactive cooking show. So we're working on software where people can raise their hand literally and say, Hey, I have a question about how you chopped your garlic or, um, or can you pause for a second? So it's like a classroom and okay. you can't, I can't see their kitchens, but they can see our kitchen. So they didn't have to clean up there. People were so nervous about having their kitchens be seen. They're like, oh, I had to clean all day. I, I don't want to attend. I'm scared. So they said, okay, this is just, you guys will be visible. It's like a YouTube, but it's interactive. Okay. Uh, just disturbing. Why not? I mean, like a stop sign and a hand up kind of thing. And they can get into the parking lot and ask questions. And so we helped them with their getting their software up to, to snuff. So we were kind of their guinea pigs. And I mean, they, oh, they chose okay. us because okay. they saw our YouTube had some really, people are really kind and they're, they're, they are very, um, what's it called? Um, Generous. You no, know, what's the, it's like social media word engaged. Their engagement, oh. their engagement is, is positive. We have, I mean, we have some negative comments, but very few. I mean, people are generally really nice. Um, yeah. but, uh, so this, and there's ways that you can find those measurements or those, me I don't even know. I don't do my social media. I, I do way more. <laughs> I don't either. Involved. I put stuff and, up there, um, but I don't. Anyway, uh, they found us there and they said, Hey, would you do this? And so like, they flew us down and stayed at a hotel. We did all this stuff. Da, 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 da. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to come to Cleveland, do it from your own home. We're like, Oh, okay. Like, okay. Now we're going to do it in Cleveland, your own home. We're not going to be there, but we're going to be here. And we're like, really? And then. So we kind of helped them wean their uh, software to be where now anybody can do a Chivo class. Like you just, your phone and your camera and boom, you send it, you can, and then you charge for your classes. Really? They, they get a little bit of money and then you get all the rest of the money. And so we helped them do that. And we just got too busy with getting our cookbook finished up that we're like, we are done with classes for now. We'll get back when we can. So we don't do that anymore. Or I, don't, I just, it's not on the horizon. We're still recovering from the cookbook. Um, That's a lot of work. Yeah, it hits a ton. But we have our YouTube uh, channel going on. We have our um, camp. We have the women's event. And um, the Esselstyn Foundation is something we're also always working with. The Esselstyn Foundation is a nonprofit. And 
Brian Hart, who we used to do saw earlier, helping me get the stuff and going, is this, is the, um, is the executive director and founder of it. And we get our whole food plant-based message out to anybody who has a group, a community, a a YMCA, a, a medical school group of students, anybody who would not otherwise get the message for whatever reason. And we want cost not to be an issue. So everything we do is for free. Um, and anybody who has a group or is interested, please contact us at the Esselstyn Foundation. At Great. And I'll put that in the show notes too. So, so you guys will do, um, give them information or will you do like cooking demonstrations and the whole, we have a whole selection of programs that can do or get involved with like my father can present, I can present with demos. We have other, other docs, other nurses, other people we can, uh, you know, get have presenting as long as they can get a group of you know, we want it to be fifty people because then it really feels like we're making an impact and they have more of a chance of spreading the word. Um, yes. Some people say, "Oh, it definitely," and they end up with you know six people, and it's it's fine. And if you change one person's life, that's great. But to have to afford to set everything up and the, all the you know everything involved, it's you know doing right. a podcast, it's not cheap. You've got your computer, your microphone, your this and your that, and your lights and your recording and. Right. We right. love we love to get the message out there. That really is our mission, and in whatever way we can. Some people they need they want to go to like a big fancy event in Sedona, and that's the way they get it. So you know, Rips Rips got all that stuff covered there, and I've got yeah. my people want to do it with the women. They feel empowered and protected, and that's the way we do it. And the nonprofit is really trying to get everybody you know who can't afford that stuff. And um, actually, you know what's so interesting is we just. Recently, with some friends, Brian, my husband, um, would, was making these chopping boards, big chopping boards. That did, oh, woodworking, yeah. Or just like a big, I don't know if I have one in there. Um, like a cutting board or a, a stick. I, I hear it. Yes, I actually, sorry for stepping away. You can edit. That's all right. Um, this is a horrible example. Um, Lacey is here. Brian, can you bring me a chopping board? I don't know if he's home. But this is this is a this is a how thick they are. There's like an inch and a half thick. And, Whoa! But he puts and this is a tester, and we put plants only on it. And he was obviously testing the the, the brand. Um, oh, I love it. But it these anyway. So our friends of ours love this. Yes. Oh, like a plants only. <laughs> Sorry, one of, my, one of my kids just brought me a cutting board, like a random one. I'm like the. Oh no. Okay, but we, we so this is this is actually not a nonprofit. This is a here buy these things you want like I, we have t-shirts that say plants only chopping boards cutting boards uh you know kitchen utensils and stuff and t-shirt uh not earrings what are they called necklace with the dog tag or bracelets just th- some people want gear to get inspired i mean mil- yes. oven mitts <laughs> uh, no that's fantastic though i mean because you're right Oh wow, that's gorgeous! Oh, I wish everyone could see this. Maybe we'll we'll start posting some stuff on on YouTube. That is beautiful. And so those are for sale on your website, or where are they? Um, it's plants only shop, like because of our plants only shop. Plants only shop um, dot com, and okay. and it's it's exciting. Well, I'm gonna, people are going to add pictures of that. Well, and on YouTube, because we, we like, I, I, I've been cutting on these cook, chopping boards forever. People are like, I want that chopping board. I want that cookbook stand. I want that knife holder. So all these things, all the things we have, we're like, okay, 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 okay. We'll try it. And because if people want to, if they want to be motivated to do this, it only is helping the planet. It's helping their whole environment of their body as well. And hopefully those people that they love. Well, when you have something around you and you surround yourself with those things on a daily basis, you, you might start to feel a little like, you know, not so good if you're cutting up some meat on a plant only cutting board, right? Exactly. Exactly. It keeps you it keeps you focused on what your goal is and and present for it. So this has been so, so helpful, so exciting and interesting for me to be able to talk to you about this stuff and and kind of get the word out there hopefully to kind of share more of this because I think it's a really important message that the Esselstyn Foundation as well as your entire family and you and your mom are really bringing forward to people to understand how to simply cook in a way that that really keeps you healthy and well Um, longevity right longevity in a way that you're you're living longer but in a healthier way 
Yes, yes, yes. My so, parents, they want to live long and die fast. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> great. That's well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that live a life of, of wellness and that's, that's going to be, um, and your life. capacity and then done. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So Jane, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm, I'm really, really happy to have you. And, uh, this is going to go up pretty quick. We're going to put it up on Monday. So, um, great. um, just that, that's exciting and send me any info and I'll post it too. I will definitely do that. So I told you she had a lot of energy. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And if you aren't already loading up on the plants in your daily meals, or if you want new recipes and ways to think about cooking plant-based, check out the show notes for links to all of the books mentioned in the podcast and how to find Jane on social media. Her last name is not an easy one to spell, but all the links are in the show notes. So please, please go look there. Thanks for listening, and as always, I hope this conversation brings you one step closer to being your own healthy living advocate. Prevention is really the best medicine. Thanks. See you in two weeks.